So, for those of you all that pay attention to my YouTube channel, you know that I have had a chance to test out some 5G devices this year on Verizon 5G network. But as I keep telling you all over and over again, this isn't really the year that you want to hop on the 5G train just yet. And there are pitfalls to 5G in 2019. Vibe Drive, episode 29, starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome back to another episode of Fight Drive. This is a podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech, and tonight, your boy going solo, coast to coast. We won't be here very long, but I wanted to talk to you all tonight about some of the pitfalls of 5G as they are here right now in 2019. Now, I've told you all time and time again, that 5G right now is still in its infancy. We don't really have any fully fleshed out 5G networks yet. We don't even have substantial coverage areas. They're more like patches of coverage right now. Sprint is doing a little bit better than most in that area because they're using mid-band 5G, which provides for better coverage, but not necessarily the top-end 5G feeds that you get on a Verizon or a T-Mobile or an AT&T. But this is where we're at right now, even with that mid-band 5G, there are still pitfalls to 5G. Now, I came across this article in CNET today, and the article on uh, CNET is titled, The Six Hard Truth About 5G We've Learned in Our Test Across U.S., Europe, and Asia. So I'm basically going to go through the CNET article and break down the pitfalls that they've run across to 5G, or the hard truth, as they have labeled them in this article, and then give you my perspective being a person that has used 5G devices and used a 5G network this year. So the first hard truth that CNET brings to the table is they say consistency is more satisfying than speed. Now, this is basically what I was just alluding to, right? You don't really have a fully fleshed out 5G network, but Sprint is using a different type of 5G. They're using something called mid-band 5G, so it's a little bit lower on the spectrum. It's not the multi-millimeter wave technology that Verizon and other carriers are using. But what this mid-band 5G allows Sprint to achieve is have better coverage areas and bigger coverage areas than the multi-millimeter wave technology that Verizon and T-Mobile and AT&T are using. But if you're using the multi-millimeter wave 5G, then your coverage area is going to be spotty at best. I mean, I am I can attest to this personally. So I ran a feed test on one side of the street with the LG V55G that I have, and I was able to get a gig down. After that feed test concluded, I crossed the street and ran another feed test and got 100 megabits down. So just me crossing the street, immediately I lost 5G crossing the street. I lost 10 times my download feed just by crossing the street. So and that doesn't tell you everything about consistency I don't know what does. I can literally cross the street and lose 10 times my download speed because 5G wasn't present across the damn street. Because the millimeter wave that Verizon uses, the signal attenuation, the, the distance that those waves can travel isn't that great. It's quite terrible, and it can be interrupted pretty easily, so the technology is not fleshed out yet. So 
The consistency is not there. Like I said, Sprint is doing better than most because they're using a different type of 5G, which allows them a larger coverage area for 5G. Even though Sprint 5G is slower than everybody else's, they have better 5G coverage right now. The second hard truth that uh, CNET was alluding to, they say the gap between half and half not will widen. And they're talking about... Um, Basically, they're talking about the difference between using 5G and not using 5G, using something like your home Wi-Fi or something like that. Like me, I can go out to the downtown Chicago in my 5G patch that I work in, and I can get download speeds of over a gig down on my 5G device. But if I try to do that at home, yeah, not, not playing. Even though I have gigabit internet at home, I only get about, what, maybe five, 600 down at home at the, at the map because I have multiple devices on my Wi-Fi network. And they're all using the bandwidth, so I can't get the full gig that my network is capable of because of the number of devices on my home network. Not to mention the fact that I don't even know if any of my mobile devices are capable of gig download, uh, gig Wi-Fi feed anyway. But, you know, this is just what we have to deal with right now with 5G. So until we get more uh, 5G spread out across the entire country and in more residential areas, more rural areas, the speeds are going to be, they're, they're not going to be that close. <laughs> you're going to get regular like 4G-ish speeds at home and whatnot. And then you're going to go out here where the 5G areas are. And you're going to get like download speeds of a gig or more using 5G network. The third hard truth, which I talked about in my LG hands-on video, is that 5G phones are expensive. I mean, your lord. I don't know how many of you all paid attention, but Verizon is now uh, Verizon now has a 5G hotspot that they have on sale. And this 5G hotspot, they're charging like $600 for it or something like that. Or you could get it for like $30 a month for a hotspot, y'all. Not even a phone. Not a phone, y'all. Not a phone. Not a phone. A hotspot is practically $700 on Verizon. A 5G hotspot is $700, y'all. So can you imagine if the 5G hotspot not a phone again. A hotspot is $700 on Verizon. Can you imagine how much the 5G phones will be on Verizon and other carriers? Like the LG V50ThinQ that I have in my possession right now goes for or it costs $999 on Verizon Wireless. Not to mention the fact that if you have a 5G phone on Verizon, you have to pay $10 more a month to use 5G on Verizon 5G network. So you got to pay extra month to use the 5G, plus you got to pay the additional cost of having a 5G device. So 5G in general is expensive AF. And this is further highlighted by the fact that the Samsung Galaxy S10 5G is $300 more than the S10 Plus. I mean, good Lord, what are we talking about here? What is really going on? I mean, damn, y'all. I mean, good Lord, that's a lot of me. How about I give you $500 and you give me that 5GE that AT&T is selling over there? I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the fourth hard truth that CNET said, and which is true, which I was just alluding to, is that we don't want to pay for, for 5G. We don't want to pay more for 5G. Like, why would we pay more for 5G, especially right now when the networks aren't even fleshed out yet? There's not even a fully fleshed out 5G network in existence yet. Everything is just patches of coverage. There's no fully fleshed out network. Even Sprint and their mid-band 5G, 
they don't have a full, fully fleshed out network yet. They have a nice coverage area maybe, but they don't have like fully fleshed out network. Yes, they have 5G live in a few cities, but these are not fully fleshed out network. No, these are just more like patches of coverage and small coverage areas. But yet and still, even with this very, very uh, humble beginnings of 5G, these carriers expect us to pay more for 5G, more for 5G plans, more for 5G devices. And I'm just like, huh? What? Why am I paying for crap? Why am I paying for a half-baked? Hell, it's not even half-baked. Why am I paying for a one-fourth-baked network? If you're going to charge me more money, if I have to pay more for 5G, can I at least pay for a fully fleshed out, fully baked 5G network? But no, that's not how these companies work. They want to charge us show me fees. That's right. Because they showed us that 5G is a thing and it works. We have to pay for these show me fees. The fact that it's actually a thing. They actually got 5G to work a little bit at a certain coverage area or a certain patch. But it's not a fully fleshed out network. We still got to pay full price. It's absolutely, utterly ridiculous. But I mean, I, I mean that's my opinion. But that's, that's, that's not really an opinion, though. That's just fact. We are paying show me fees. They're like, here, we showed you 5G. We showed you that you can get a gig down on your LG V50ThinQ. Now pay us extra, even though you can't, even though if you walk across the street, Viper, Viper, if you walk across the street, you lose 5G. But since we showed you that it's possible, that it's not abstract, that it's a little bit a reality, Viper, we want you to pay more money. It's a bunch of monkey crap, if you ask me. But this is what we're dealing with here in 2019 with 5G. It's not even ready for prime time yet, but we got to pay extra for it. It's absolute utter buffoonery. Hard truth number five. That CNET covered in their article today, you also pay a price with battery life. Now, this is something that I have alluded to before in my videos. If you are using a lot of 5G, you are going to run down the battery a lot quicker than what you would on a 4G device. Obviously, 5G is a brand new technology. It hasn't really been optimized for batteries yet. All of these batteries are optimized for 4G motors and 4G chips. The battery tech isn't really up to par yet with 5G technology. So obviously, battery life with 5G devices won't be what you expect on a 4G device. It's going to kill your battery a lot quicker. So in CNET testing here, they say they got at least four hours of a uh, piece of relentless 5G testing on the Moto Z3 uh, when they used the mod. They completely, like, zapped the mod in four hours. Like, the 5G mod that they have on the Moto phone, they wiped it out in four hours. Um, and then they had a, a test for the... 5G uh, Galaxy S10 of Verizon, it use 50% of its power in four hours on 5G. So that phone has a 40, I think 4,500 milliamp hour battery gone in four hours, 50% of it gone on Verizon's 5G network. So 5G is just not ready for battery. Actually, I should say batteries aren't ready for 5G just yet. You could use you could use half of a 4,500 milliamp hour battery in four hours on Verizon 5G. I mean, good lord, it's kind of crazy, but it's a good rat. And that's to be expected, though. I mean, this is still a brand new technology, and like I said earlier, the batteries aren't really optimized to take care of or handle the 5G chipset. So of course, the battery's going to be drained pretty quickly. That's common sense. But right now, this is still all new, 
and this is what we have to deal with with battery life on 5G devices. The entire truth that CNET came up with in their 5G testing the weather. <laughs> now, I heard something interesting about weather and 5G. Apparently, weather forecasters are scared that 5G towers could um, interfere with weather forecasts. Like, they could actually cause weather forecasts to be inaccurate. But that's not what we're talking about here. I just found it kind of funny, so I'm putting that in the podcast because I think that's just kind of hilarious. But the more immediate issue as it relates to 5G devices, and I saw this firsthand myself in my testing of the LG V50, and actually my my Verizon guy had the uh, Galaxy S10 5G beside me when we were doing the testing. When the phone gets hot, especially in these Chicago summers where it gets up in the upper high 90s, when the phone gets hot, it will boot you off of 5G back to 4G to preserve itself, to preserve the CPU and battery of the phone. So that is an issue with 5G. That is that is a feature of the phone. It will not stay on, it will not sustain a 5G connection if the phone gets too hot. It will knock you off of 5G back to 4G. So if you're operating your phone, actually I should say, if you're operating your 5G phone outside on a hot day, you might get kicked off of the 5G network just because the phone is too hot. I mean, this is what it is. I mean, this is just another thing, another one of these pitfalls with a brand new technology that we have to deal with until they find a workaround. But right now, 5G and heat don't mix. (laughs) It's crazy to say, but it is what it is. 5G and heat do not mix. Some other pitfalls, like I was talking about earlier, when you are dealing with the multi-millimeter wave technology, which is what Verizon uses, T-Mobile and AT&T, the signal strength is pretty weak. It, it, it can't penetrate buildings. It can't go for far distances. This is why you're going to see a lot more 5G nodes and towers in cities because the signal needs assistance getting from location to location. So you're going to see a lot more 5G node pop up in your city in order to accommodate a 5G network because the signal strength or the, yeah, the signal strength or the signal um the 5G signal's ability to travel is kind of weak. It's not the greatest. So this is what we're dealing with when we're talking about 5G signals with the multi-millimeter wave technology. Now, obviously, everything that I talk about today is basically early adopters struggling with new technology. I mean, it doesn't matter what type of new technology that we run across, there will always be early adopter struggles, initial struggles. Just look at the Galaxy Fold for if you want an example of that. But everything that I talked about today will get better over time. Um, we just have to wait maybe a year or two before 5G is more fully realized and the networks are more put in place and able to handle more loads because right now, like I said, they're not really fully fleshed out networks out there. They're more like patches of coverage. Like I said, I could walk across the street and lose 5G. So hopefully in a year or two, that won't be the case. There'll be more 5G node put up in Chicago. It'll be a much more uh, expansive 5G coverage area here in Chicago and beyond. And then I can walk across the street and keep my 5G because right now it's pretty pathetic that I can walk across the street and lose 5G just like that. Like that. <laughs> oh, man. It's a little nuts. So before we get out of here, like I said, I don't want to be here too long. I just want to tell you all some of the pitfalls of 5G. Everything that CNET said in their article today, I agree with. Like I said, I've tested out 5G. I am currently testing 5G. I still have the LG V50 that was given to me by my friend. 
I still have it. So I'm still doing feed tests and things like that on the LG V50 that I have in my possession. So I'm testing out 5G every day here, and I pretty much ran into all of these issues with my 5G device. So everything that Tina said, I can back up 100%. Battery life takes a hit. The signal strength isn't the greatest. I can cross the street and lose 5G. 5G phones are more expensive. The carriers want you to pay more for 5G, and it's just it's just not ready for prime time just yet. But it's very exciting. It's new technology, and this is where we're at right now in 2019. Obviously, as the year goes on, as the years go on, it'll get better. But right now, as it stands on July 23rd, 5G is not ready for prime time. Yes, it is here. Yes, we have a couple of 5G devices on deck. Yes, we have a couple of cities that are lit up for 5G. They have patches of coverage, but we still do not have a fully fleshed out 5G network as of yet. If you guys want to support the podcast, if you want to donate, I'm going to drop my Buy Me a Coffee link in the chat here. It is a one-time donation. It is not a requirement. It just goes to help me out and help me keep bringing you guys more content. If you job for what I'm doing, if you appreciate me giving you this information, trying to help you all understand the newer technologies that are coming to you or understanding technology that you already have. If you appreciate anything that I do, hit the buy me a coffee link, consider donating to your boy. Anything will be greatly appreciated. Like I tell you all, it's not required, but it's greatly appreciated. For those of you all listening on audio only, the link will be in the show notes for the buy me a coffee to donate to me if you want to do that. If you want to become a monthly supporter of the podcast, there will also be a link in the show notes for that to donate monthly to the podcast. So please consider hitting that up if you want. Again, not required, but anything helps. So check that out if you wish. Thank you guys for tuning into the live stream on YouTube tonight. I appreciate you guys watching and rocking out with your boy. For those of you all listening on audio only, thank you for listening. All the information that I alluded to will be in the show notes. But until the next time, people, this your boy, Pfeiffer, the man about tech. You know where to find me, so come back for more.